Hello and welcome to Shoulder Charge. This week, Super League takes a break, so all eyes will be on the Challenge Cup tie tomorrow and the 1895 Cup the day after. I'll be giving you my thoughts on who'll progress, but also, back in Super League, five sides could arguably go down this year, but who will be playing in the Championship? Will it come down to points difference? I'll have all that analysis for you. And also, should the playoff methods in the Championship and also in Super League be simplified. It's all on the latest episode of Shoulder Charge. So this week, Super League takes a break. Instead, it's the Challenge Cup semi-finals in Bolton, and on Sunday there's also the 1890 Cup semi-finals too. Hull FC are looking to win the Cup for the third time in four years, but they've got to defeat Warrington to book their place at Wembley, and also Saints who have been blowing Super League apart this year, they face championship side Halifax. Halifax, by the way, have got 50-1 to 1 odds to beat Saints with some bookmakers. And they've got a job on their hands to topple them. But essentially, Halifax can't lose because they're not expected to do anything. So, at least they've got that advantage over their opponents. You know, if they win, they'll be hailed as heroes. If they run them close, Halifax will be praised. And if they're comfortably beaten, then that'll be just what was expected anyway. For me, I'm looking at these cup ties as an indicator as to how the grand final and the playoffs are going to play out. Because you've got Warrington, it's their fourth defeat in six. And they've become nearly men in Super League in the last five years. There's been so much failure for Wolves. They lost in the Challenge Cup final last year. They lost in the Grand Final as well. The year before they got to the Challenge Cup quarter-finals. In the last five years, Warrington, they've lost in the final twice. They've lost in the semi-finals twice as well. So it's not a good record. But surely, by the law of averages, they've got to win at some point. But this semi-final, it couldn't come at a worse time for Warrington because... They've been slowing down in the latter stages of the season and I think they've missed Stefan Ratchford who's been out injured. And whilst Mamo is an adequate replacement, Stefan Ratchford I think is a step above in my opinion. And I don't think they've been good enough in their kicks this year. They're 8th in the table for attacking kicks, so they've got to improve on that. But that weren't really why they lost last weekend against Castleford. It were the 16 errors they made that cost them. They lost so many points due to ill-discipline. They just give themselves no chance of winning the game. And the good thing for Warrington is, those problems are easily rectifiable. Steve Price has already said he's not concerned, and he knows how to fix it. So I think that's sort of reassuring them. Whilst they are out of form, they can certainly work, it can certainly work to their advantage, because all the pressure is going to be on hold, despite Warrington reaching the final last year. You know, Hull are expected to advance because they won it two times in the last three years. They've become renowned for being the big game side and the hopes will be boosted by the fact that they've lost just twice away from the KCON Stadium this year. And when Hull are at the top of the game, they can be unstoppable. But for me, it doesn't happen enough. The good thing for me is, I think Hull seems to have shaken off that inconsistency when Lee Radford, the coach, seemingly didn't have a clue on how to fix it, so the credit has to go to him. But I do think form goes out of the window in these cup games. Perhaps form plays a part in the psyche and mentality, but I think the side who wants it more 
will come out on top. For Warrington, it's a case of when are they going to deliver because every year always seems to be their year, but it never is. They've invested more into the side this year, but have had little reward so far in terms of actually improving on the last season. So I think they've got to deliver something this year. They've got Blake Austin, so they're always going to be a dangerous side. But he's gone missing in a couple of games, in a couple of important games this season. But he still holds a threat. And what I'm looking at is the defence. Who's going to frustrate the opponent? Who's going to keep that score to nil for the first 20 minutes or keep it to one try? I really think whoever defends better is going to do the business because whilst Hull seem to have cleaned up their act recently in terms of inconsistency, They've shown this year that defending is just not their strong point. Hull have conceded nearly double that of the points Warrington have. And Hull are the only side in the top five with a minus points difference. So I'm going with Warrington for this one. And if they do do the business, I think we can discount Hull FC in the playoffs because Hull FC have sort of disappointed me this year because they've shown just how dangerous they can be and they're so rapid and powerful going forward. But as I've said earlier... They don't show it often enough and they've been equally as bad. And it's happened quite a few times this year. And looking at the other tie, it's got to be Saints, surely. I really don't think Halifax have a chance. But I don't think they were too bothered about the scoreline. I think it's they're just going to enjoy it. And it's a testament to the championship's quality this year that Halifax have actually got to the semi-final. Because it really doesn't happen that often. I don't think it's happened before, to be honest. Correct me if I'm wrong. But a day later, the, we've got the 1895 Cup doubleheader as well. Leah facing Widness and Sheffield are facing Batley. And as the latter stages of the season approach, Leah found themselves firmly in the playoff place. And they're also in with a shot of Wembley. And they've raised quite a few eyebrows recently as they've acquired Mitch Clark, Adam Hickson and Junior Say for the remainder of the season. So the owners are clearly looking at potential prizes up for grabs and they're giving themselves the best opportunity of getting them. And the news is they're not finished yet. They're apparently in for one or two extra signings. So it's a statement of intent from Lee. And I do think this makes their main challenges to Toronto now. But before they consider promotion, there's also the chance of the Wembley final. And it has been a remarkable season for them because if you go back to November of last year... They were struggling to pay pay the players and the future weren't looking so bright. So that's why eyebrows were raised and perhaps memories of potential irresponsible spending. But the owners come out and said he's not concerned and he can afford it. So it's good they're being ambitious but it just doesn't look that good when not so long ago the finances were in an unhealthy state to say the least. And they faced witness They've not had the best of seasons either. They went into administration and were docked 12 points after falling out of Super League the year before. So Witness will be out for something to cheer about this year and to add a silver lining to perhaps a forgettable season because they've also got relegation to contend with. If they weren't docked those 12 points, they'd now be an outside contender for the playoffs and be on 24 points. But they're now three points above the drop zone because they went into administration. So it'll be an exciting clash. But I do think Lee will progress. And the other tie is Sheffield v Batley. It's been a great season for Sheffield Eagles. Because nobody would have had them as a playoff contender. But they've been the dark horses this year. 
and they've been so much better than they were this season before. They've got a settled home now in Sheffield and things are looking up for them, but the form has slowed down recently. They've lost three out of the last four, and crucially, those three losses have all been to playoff rivals, so they've lost quite a bit of ground and they now two wins off the top five. And it may be difficult to claw that back with just seven games to go, but it's not impossible. And this cup run is currently the best shot of glory. And Eagles are headed by the man who won the Challenge Cup final for the Eagles back in 1998 against all the odds. So the coach knows what to do and has experience in winning those games when it matters. And I do think they'll have too much for Batley. I think they'll be in the Wembley final because the Eagles have beaten them twice this year convincingly. And Batley are also another side who are looking to avoid the drop. They're just one point ahead of Widnes. So I can't see past Sheffield winning this. And I hope they do because I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. They have a good history and they've had such a bad few years recently. But And it's about time the City had some rugby league success and get them known for being more than just football because it's a massive sporting city. But if they do progress to the final... I just hope they don't get Lee because even though I think Lee will progress to the final, I think that, you know, it's Lee's to lose because Sheffield, I don't know why it is. They just can't seem to beat them. They've lost in all three times they've played each other this year and the record in recent years against each other doesn't look very good for the Eagles. So it's advantage Lee in terms of the winners, but I'll be cheering on the Eagles anyway. Also... Turning on to Super League next week, the battle to avoid the drop continues. And I really think it could come down to points difference this year. We've currently got three teams tied on 16 points and two sides on 18. Looking at the amount of points needed, I reckon to avoid the drop, you'll have to have at least three more wins, let's say. So let's start off with bottom place London. They've got an absolutely crucial month coming up. Their last three games against Leeds, Hull KR and Wakefield. The outcome of those games, you've got to say, will determine who stays and who goes. The concern I've got for London is, they've won 60% of their home games this year, but they've only got two of those home matches remaining, and those are against Salford next week and Leeds in September, so it's not going to be easy. And the last two... A whole KR and Wakefield, both away from home. And London have won just twice outside of their stadium this year. So that's a concern for them. And I really can't call who will be in the bottom because it's too tight. I can tell you who I don't think it'll be. And that's Huddersfield. They've won two out of the last three. And they'll edge out further if they beat Leeds next week. And the good thing for the Giants... They've had similar form poor man away, and they look the more rounded side. Also, I think they've been unlucky in quite a few number of the losses this year. For example, they've lost to Wakefield twice by one single point, and they've also lost to Castleford by one point, as well as losing by four points to Catalans. So, they've been quite unfortunate in those games, and I think they've stepped it up this month. So I'm expecting them to be safe. But they do need to remember that they were only two points from the drop zone. The side who I really worry for, 
as I've said a, a few weeks ago, is Wakefield. They've got the toughest set of fixtures among the relegation rivals, in my opinion. The next two, St. Helens and Hull FC, they could be bottomed by the closer play of those games. Their saving grace is the points difference. But I don't know about you, I really can't see that points difference holding up after those two fixtures with St. Helens and Hull FC. And then after that, they've got Hull KR against the relegation rivals. After that, it's Wigan and Warrington. Two sides who are vying for the playoffs. So I seriously can't see where the wins are going to come from. They've lost eight of the last nine. It really does not look good. At the same time though, I really can't see them continuing that awful form. You know, it'd be amazing and not in a good way if they only got one more win from the last six. Surely that shocking form has got to end. Surely they can't go another six games without winning. That'll be like... 15 losses out of 16, it's mad. Surely not. But at the same time, I can't see where it's going to end. Where are they going to find the win from? Who's going to score the points? And for them to actually end that horrendous run, they can't be thinking like me that, you know, this bad form can't continue. Because, you know, it may be unlikely that a side's going to go so long without winning, but you can't solely rely on that. You've got to start scoring the points. Despite their awful upcoming fixtures, I think Wakefield might just survive by the skin of the teeth. I, th- I don't know where the win's going to come from, but I think they'll do it anyway. You know, careers are at stake. They've got to pull some out of the bag. They've shown earlier in the season that they, they can do the business. They've just got to do it again. But it, they've gone so long now without doing anything. On to Leeds. A couple of weeks ago... A few people were saying, you know, Richard Agar should get the job full time. And they'd added reinforcements to the side and they'd had a mini resurgence in form. But that's all it was. After that mini resurgence, they've now lost two in a row. And they threw away a lead to Hull FC with just 10 minutes to go. They cracked under the pressure, which is really not good for a side down at the bottom trying to scrape points together. And I've said before, Leeds should hang fire on a point in Agar because they're still not safe. But I do think the squad deserves most of the blame because they should be nowhere near that drop zone. But now, they're one of the favourites to be playing in the Championship next year. If they didn't have Comrade Hull and Trent Merrin, they'd be really in the mire. The good thing for them is, four of the remaining six games are at Emerald Headingley, where they've had the best form this year. And they'll be hoping that when they meet St. Helens in the next few weeks, that St. Helens, like they did at London, will rest a load of players again. Because the week after, remember, it's the Challenge Cup final. This is, of course, assuming that they beat Halifax and get to the final. And the other side down at the bottom is Hull KR. They'll have to do without Harvey Levette and Lewis Johnson after Warrington called them back. And they'll have to up their away form to beat the drop because... They've won just three games so far away from home. And the remaining away fixtures are tough ones. They face Wigan, Catalans and Salford. Three sides who are desperate to secure a playoff spot. And I don't think they'll get more than one win out of those three, so... They've really got to be on the game at home. And a couple of those matches are against their relegation rivals. So Hull KR must be targeting those. And I think if anyone can keep Hull KR up, it's got to be Tony Smith. But there's work to do, 
They were off the bio last week. And they still haven't had more than one win in a row, as I keep saying. So for me, it's going to come down to who has got the better points difference between London, Hull KR and Leeds. Now then, last week saw Toronto lift the lead leader's shield. They narrowly beat Widness at the Select Security Stadium to be crowned league leaders for the second time in a row in the championship. But they were booed by the Widness fans when the trophy ceremony was underway. I can sort of understand their frustrations because, let's be honest, Toronto, they've bought the way to winning the league. They're newly established, they're back financially. Not all the sides can compete with that. In fact, not no side in the championship can compete with them. The sides below them have got to live by the means. And I can't imagine Toronto at the moment will be making a profit because, especially when you consider they're paying all the travel costs for their opponents. So I can understand that some fans who are not as happy for Toronto because nobody can really compete with them. And the Toronto project, yeah, it's expanding the game, but it could well end up being a costly mistake. And the Witness fans, or anybody else, are entitled to their part of you. So, so be it. But, Toronto winning the Shield has opened another debate amongst some fans on the methods of promotion. Some think it's pretty ludicrous that you know, a side dominates the league so much, yet they still not guarantee promotion. But I don't think it really works like that in rugby league. And I personally think it's great for the competition that the league leader has got to deliver in one final game. Because not only does it keep the league exciting, it also helps prove which team can deliver in the big games when it really matters. It's all good and well being dominant overall and beating the lower sides. But can you prove that when the pressure's on, you can beat the next best team behind you to guarantee your side a Super League place. I think it's great for the competition. Just how much more dull would it have been had Toronto been guaranteed to go up if they'd finished top? The problem I've got with the playoffs is they don't half make it complicated. Toronto are only guaranteed a semi-final spot and I don't see why they're not just automatically put into the final, you know. That should be their reward for finishing top. Instead, they're in a semi-final and I explained this a, a few weeks ago but it's good to remind yourself because you know it's so complicated so if they lose they get another shot at reaching the final by entering what's called a preliminary final a couple of other sides if they lose can also still get promoted but it's best not to go into that because it gets a bit more confusing so it's not easy to get your head around for me Toronto should already be in the final and then you've got the remaining other sides second should play fifth and then fourth should play third, the winners of those ties would then battle it out for the last spot in the championship million pound game grand final. So whoever's victorious out of those will meet Toronto and I think that will sort out the complexities. But even though promotion is not exactly guaranteed for Toronto, it might as well be because even with Lee strengthening the side and they're going to add a few more according to press reports, I reckon Lee will be in the in the final with her, but Toronto will just have too much. Anyway, we're nearing the end. But, before I go, there's also some good news in the championship, because Sky, they're to broadcast all the championship playoff games this year, so that's six more games of championship, so that's something to look forward to. Anyway, 
we've come to the end of another episode. There'll be another one this time next week where we'll mull over all the goings on from the sport of rugby league. And I'm pleased to say we'll have another interview with Sheffield Eagles head coach Mark Aston. So that's something else to look forward to as well. Join me next Friday and every other Friday on Shoulder Charge.